This episode was recorded at the beginning of January 2022. Welcome to the Shofar Podcast with Hebrew Usher. Shalom, shalom to all my brothers and sisters out there who are listening to episode 5. Episode 5, I believe. I hope it is episode 5. I lose track of all of this um, of these episodes because I'm, yeah, I just never know. I'm I'm recording another podcast and I'm editing that podcast and then this this podcast I, I get lost. But I do believe it's episode five. On my notes, I wrote episode four for some odd reason. Uh, but nonetheless, we continue. Uh, the time is a little before one o'clock, one a.m. Uh, that we're recording here. So I hope my mind is still sharp and. Um, I can articulate my thoughts well because today's episode is not one that I'm particularly looking forward to. I think it's one of those topics that are divisive. This this whole dynamic of men versus women whenever you talk about relationships. I think anyone who spends enough time with me understands that I actually tend to stay away from that. I actually hate it when uh, we in this let's say gender wars i've spoken out a little bit about gender wars and um and i spend quite a lot of time engaging with people and trying to take them out of that mindset and i think it's one of the issues that i had before i recorded this episode is how do i bring the message across but without being being divisive because that's definitely not the intention when i sat down over a year ago now and i thought about it and i wanted to speak out on the things that i've been reading the things that i've been studying and the things that have convicted me building better relationships helping the next generation was one of them and if we're gonna get there we obviously have to talk about the things that affect us part of that being our relationships how our relationships are set up and uh, how they they're going about i'm i was raised by a single mother and uh, because my parents divorced and i think from let's look at it put it aside just from a a spiritual perspective but even from a a development perspective i know the the effect that that has and I, i was fortunate enough to be able to recognize them and to do something about it in the sense that i was able to uh properly address the areas which affected me and i'm still uh, i'm still addressing some of those areas but i'm fortunate enough to be aware of it and not so many of us are some of us were raised by two parents but in a very let's say abusive household whether it was our fathers who were abusive or whether it was our mothers who were abusive and if we we hope to raise a generation that is going to be righteous, that is going to carry the baton in terms of uh, being the light to the world, speaking the truth, uh, raising other brothers and sisters out there. We definitely should be thinking about setting them up for success rather than being also people who participate and contribute to the challenges that they're going to face from a mental and a development perspective. And I think it's not something that we tend to pay, pay particular, particular attention to, at all the times, we do tend to focus on, uh, let's say, sharing scriptures and speaking about scriptures, which is great, uh, which we definitely should do because it gives us a direction. But can you imagine planting in a ground that is not fertile? So you, you're giving scriptures to someone who is not even able to Im- regulate their emotions and you expect that that person is going ha- to have the ability to hear the scriptures and be converted when they don't even know how to address the things that are affecting them mentally. So the scriptures do have power to to heal us, but some of us don't even recognize what we need healing. And maybe that's that that's part of um what this is about. So but all in all, let me not digress and let me not go with, I think maybe that's gonna be something for the future. But my point is here, when you listen to this message, I really want you at all the time to remember that I'm not planning to be this divisive. I actually do hate gender wars and messages that are intended to divide us. And it's maybe 
let's say unfortunate that i have to speak about it i did say that the next episode from episode four was going to talk about uh it's going to touch on narcissism in women and somatic narcissism as well particularly not particularly only somatic narcissism but somatic narcissism as well but we're going to talk about um covert narcissism there's many ways you can classify narcissism and covert versus overt is one of them if i go into that a little bit and just explain so when you talk about something that is covert let's talk about covert racism it's it's a racism that is systemic maybe it's built in it's it's racism that you can't really point out and say that person is racist because they did this but you see it you look at it and say, ah, there's something racist about this person or about this situation but you can't point it out point it out you know whereas when it's overt it's obvious so when you talk about overt narcissism it's something that you you can spot out and you, typically you see most people who've got narcissism are men or who exhibit narcissism men 75 percent most um, mostly and that's the typical one it's the aggression it's the grandiose so that's what we call overt narcissism but the misconception and misunderstanding mostly out there is that women don't exhibit narcissism and that's incorrect actually women do exhibit narcissism it's just that due to the nature of um let's say our our roles in society Women's narcissism is not the same as men, you know, because women are raised socially. Uh, it's a short social construct that women are usually subservient, subservient, and they feminine. So you don't you don't necessarily uh, associate narcissism, the grandiose one, with women. You don't see them being uh, so aggressive and and all the time. But well, I think now we hear about. Uh, women saying I'm from the hood, I'm from one, I'm a one, one, I'm a ghetto, I'm blah, 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 and I'm gonna knock your teeth out, blah, 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 blah and stuff like that, you know. So I, I'm not sure that I can say society is uh, creating a construct because there's hood girls and uh, they will knock your teeth out uh, for sure, you know. Believe me, but <laughs> um, no, yeah, that's that's not the point here. Uh, I'm just raising the fact that. You know, that's, that's a misconception. So narcissists, narcissistic women do exist. They're not necessarily violent or as emotionally abusive as men. They can be socially manipulative and they are victims which tend to be men. Don't often speak out. I mean, even with physical abuse, we know men that are physically abused. We know men that are physically raped by women, but most often they don't speak about it. So one of the reasons why we tend to think that male female narcissists don't exist is their victims are usually children or they usually men and we don't usually pick up on that you know so on that based on that remember we talked about narcissistic supply so uh women that's where they're gonna get it they're gonna get their supply from their partners which are men and they're gonna get their supply from their children we're gonna discuss that you know but with partners narcissistic supply is very difficult i think it's more dangerous in children because children don't necessarily have the power to stand up for themselves and as society that's something that we need to support and we need to protect our children but maybe more of that later the the reason why it's difficult for women to always get their narcissistic narcissistic supply from men obviously men are less con they're less agreeable let's say on average men tend to stand up for themselves more men tend to resist more we know history has taught us that that resistance usually comes from men men are most likely to go into dangerous situations than women it, the chances of a partner a female um a partner a wife tend uh, tending to get the narcissistic narcissistic supply from a man is much much lower because they it's not so easy to dominate and use control techniques on them but they they can they can still do it and in one of the ways is uh emotional abuse and uh and guilt tripping and they may have other control tactics that they may use one of them is um you know the somatic side which we spoke about so they they use sex I don't have the statistics and I wouldn't know. I haven't spoken to so many men and I'm not sure if I speak to them how many of them would would actually 
open up and say, yes, I'm actually with uh, controlled by my wife or dominated by my wife because of sex. But I think it does exist. I don't think it's a myth. Uh, we see men going out. The book of Ezra speaks about that. How men will toil, they go through the night, they will fight against lions, they'll rob and steal, all to bring whatever treasures they have back to women. So uh, from a long time ago, I think that has been established that men will do quite a lot for women. And I mean, for women is to please a woman and, and also to receive pleasure from a woman, which is... Uh, which is sex, but now let's let's just move on. I think let me get into the crux of of today's matter, which is talking about traits that we can look at in relationships, uh, which are female narcissistic traits. These are specific, as I said, to relationships. But remember, I said this, and I'm going to repeat it again. The intention here is not to say that um women are bad and men are good. The next episode is actually going to speak about male narcissism. And I th I'm not sure whether I'm going to be able to fit it on one episode or it might be two episodes. Because that's also a little bit scary. But my my big concern is I don't want anyone to... The, the key takeaway from, from this episode is finger pointing. Uh, I, I'm really concerned about that. But we do have to speak about it. These are things that are affecting us. Personally, I also... Uh, some of these topics they resonated with me, uh, some areas of these things, but for the good, for things that I can watch out for, things that I can look out for and improve. And some of them, it's not even, um, as I said the last time, it's not, a, it's not towards a, uh, on the other end where it's so extreme and it's, it's so bad that, you know, you need to call it quits on a relationship. Some of the things are, are, are minute, you know, the, 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 the small things that you look at and you say, well, I think maybe we need to work on this. And the areas of improvement for a relationship and open, honest relationships can work. And one of the things that we're going to discuss here, if we can work or some of the things we discuss here, if we can work on them, they're actually going to help us work on other areas of our relationship. And maybe that's one of the big things that I have about narcissism. The fact that we want to make everything about ourselves is we forget about our partners and we don't work on building the relationship, we work on building our portion of the relationship or the portion of the relationship that pleases us. And that's what we need to address. Not finger pointing, but saying, let's look at this. Where are the areas of improvement for ourselves? And if maybe you're listening to this and you realize that maybe some of these things, they apply to your partner. Find a way to discuss it with your partner and bring it up and see whether you can work through them. And it could be that, you know, you work, you work on one of these traits. We're going to talk about eight traits now. And you work on one of these traits and actually that helps you with something else. Maybe you've been having issues in, a, in another area of your relationship and it's because of some of these things that I hear. And your partner could have it because of a childhood, childhood thing. Maybe their mother was narcissistic or their father was narcissistic. Who knows? They came from an abusive relationship and they developed this as a way of coping. Who knows? We don't know. A lot of us come from um, broken families. And some of us have not been vulnerable enough. And we don't want to be vulnerable enough to speak about the things that are affecting us. Now, we come into relationships with all of this baggage, with all of this heavy load, but we're not ready to open up about it. And what happens? We damage the very relationships. And then what do we do? We point fingers at the other person. Oh, it's you. Oh, it's you. Oh, it's you. So there's work on both sides. Uh, men, women, and for the relationship. But let's get into it. I, I, as I said, I want to speak about eight traits now. This is... um covert female narcissistic traits that we're going to be speaking about the first one is diversion which is this is a tactic where women divert remember i said this is covert so it's not necessarily all gonna be the grandiose one the one where you want to exercise control and power and and you see it and it's 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 visible it's covert some of this are a sneaky tactics that you're gonna start to spot and say hmm hold on no 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 no. we're not gonna continue like that and diversion is one of them you know how many of us have been in a discussion and the discussion starts over something very simple and um your partner oh you've witnessed it maybe it's not your partner you've witnessed it 
so let, let's put it like that. How many of us have been in a relationship or are in a relationship or have witnessed in another relationship a situation where the female partner points out something in the male partner and when the discussion continues or the disagreement continues, the male partner brings out the truth of what really transpired and how the female is wrong. And for five minutes down the line, now you've got five irrelevant points that have been brought up unrelated to the to the original situation. The situation could have started by someone saying, well, you know, for the past two weeks, I haven't received this here or I haven't gotten your attention whenever I wanted to speak to you and so forth and so forth and so forth, whatever the case may be. And says, well, but that cannot be true. I mean, we had the following conversation. What are you referring to specifically? Today's situation, I agree. That's because you spoke to me. And I was responding to a text message, which was urgent. But there's no other situation that happened or occurred in the past two weeks that uh, says anything or suggests anything like that. And point one, and it's, no, but it's not about that. It's just that sometimes I feel like, okay, wait, are we talking about the past two weeks that I don't do this? Or is, are you talking about how you feel? No, but you need to understand that us as women, we feel, now you're sitting there says, Wait a minute. You started telling me about the past two weeks and I told you that it's incorrect and there's nothing like that of that sort happened. And now I'm hearing about you as women. And then down the line, maybe now I'm hearing about, remember when you on our periods, this, and remember that sometimes we get overwhelmed and remember. And he said, no, 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 no. And that's diversion tactic. And it's, it's, it, 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 the extent of it is much, much higher in, in women. And what will happen as well, which leads to the second one, is uh, they, they shut down a conversation. So the more you bring out the truth, the more they inclined to want to shut down the conversation. And you know, so it's about, let's stop having this conversation. And there may be other things that uh, that can happen. Part of what can happen is shouting. You go into a shouting match. You shout back and forth. I like to make this example, and I, I don't like getting into shouting matches. Sometimes I find myself in shouting matches, and I, I smack myself on the back of the head, and I said, Ish, you dummy, why did you do that? But I always make this example whenever uh, shouting matches happen, and when someone comes to me, and I, and, and we dissect what happened, and I said, tell me of a time, one time, when you saw two people shouting at one another, for whatever reason they were shouting at one another, you don't clean. No, but you put your shoes on there. Tell me of a time when two people go into a shouting match and they shout and shout for whatever, 15 minutes. And one says, no, but it's because you don't put enough soap in the water when you clean. And then the other person says, oh, ish, is... Okay, I'm sorry. And then the shouting match stops. It never happens. It never, never, never happens. No shouting matches end by one person admitting that they were wrong. And then it's like, oh, I've had this epiphany. I didn't realize. <sighs> wow. And then the shouting match stops. And then we move on. So it doesn't happen. Don't get into a shouting match. Sometimes if you're in and you, you, you're dealing with a narcissist, they may bring, they may try to shut down a conversation by, by bringing up, they make, they, there's many things they can do. They can tell you to shut up. Say, oh, shut up. They, they can be disrespectful. I mean, utterly disrespectful. They can call you names. That's the third thing. You know, they, they maneuver by calling you names. They go into the abusive side of it. Remember when I was saying, oh, I'm not sure if I said it, but one of the things about COVID narcissism is hypersensitivity defensiveness and shyness you know and fake it's fake modesty in a way you know so those are the things that you can look out for hypersensitivity defensiveness and shyness you know so about it it includes abuse remember i said there's dominating or, or control techniques uh, emotional abuse and guilt tripping you'll see these things that we speak about they'll fall somewhere in that realm you know so name calling goes there you know shutting down the argument oh shut up oh no you don't know what you're talking about oh no but this and that and that and the more truth as i said you bring out then the shutdown continues and the name calling also can start to be introduced in there oh yeah but you are this you're an abusive person and you are this and so forth and so forth you know so 
it's almost as if it, this is a maneuver that that's designed to abuse you into submission you know so they 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 go into that abuse mode and they go they hammer they hammer they hammer it's to get you to go into that mode if that doesn't work they may do other tactics which we'll get to but what another tactic which is the fourth one is projection projection i, I mean projection is, can be both good and can be bad um i know people teach that to build rapport with someone and to get someone to 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 like you you need to mimic what they do it's almost that's 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 a type of projection uh but if if i say a projection they take something that they're doing and they project it onto you it's similar to gaslighting gaslighting we're going to get to a little later as well let me make an example someone can say to you so let me make an example using the earlier example that i spoke about so someone can say to you that you know what i i feel like whenever we have an argument you don't you ignore me and then maybe that's what they're doing so they ignore you or they don't they abuse you by giving you the silent treatment and they want you to come back and if they somatic they want you to come back and beg for sex could be so but then they project that onto you and then they say you know you don't even touch me you don't even want to be close to you don't even embrace me but they they're the distant partner but then now they project onto you so now you see it's as though you the distance one but they they've distanced themselves so they're projecting onto you so that that's a projection or they see themselves or whatever they see in themselves they they push it towards you as i said it's it's almost like gaslighting but gaslighting is like uh, version 2.0 of that the fifth trait which is also a, a dangerous trait it's um i think w- this one uh amongst them i rank it very highly in terms of toxicity is extremist views so the covert narcissism I, i'm not sure what causes this particular aspect maybe it's something that i need to uh research a little bit more on and, and understand it more and understand it a little bit i'm not sure if i'm being modest or whatever but i understand it a little bit in that extremist views means that they either black or white good or bad their way or your way or their way their or the highway and nothing is there's no middle ground now you can understand how dangerous that is when you're in a relationship and someone only holds extremist views so it's you either fully agree or you don't agree at all there's no room for disagreement there's no room to say let's agree to disagree on this point everything will become an argument you can never leave an argument and say well you know what let's not even fight about this it's not worth it it's not even an argument it's a non-start of an argument you can find yourself fighting about over unnecessary things because there is no room to say we agree to disagree over what is the best tv show whatever the case may be i'm using something silly but i think we can all think think of things that become irrelevant in our lives to say i can disagree with my partner on something like that i can disagree with my partner on the on my favorite color why blue is my favorite color and yours is purple I, we're not going to break apart our marriage because of that we're not going to separate because of that well you like to wear purple wear purple i don't have to wear purple it's not something it's not a big deal but it can become a big deal to them that is on the small scale where nothing is black or white what happens when none of you hold the absolute truth on a matter and it's your personal views based on past experiences and your thoughts and judgments on a matter and it's either your way or their way and you cannot see the middle ground but you can never re- you cannot resolve past personal views over one conversation and that's why relationships are there because that's how you develop personal views over a long time you cannot resolve past experiences in one sitting so if you don't have room to be able to say well let's agree to disagree now then you're going to just going to be clashing it's always going to be one 18 wheeler versus another 18 wheeler you're going to be crashing and the crash is going to be massive so if you disagree with your partner they demonize you and from being demonized comes slandering so you are slandered 
being slandered basically is they speak evil of you so so after you've been demonized then you will be published in the papers basically they get ahead of you to spread the news about you before you can even say anything about it how evil of a person are you how inconsiderate how they cannot even bear to to look at you because how could you even you are such as this when when you slander sometimes when you hear some slanderings and you just think to yourself <sighs> and then you, you do what i told you don't get into a shouting match because no one ever wins a shouting match if you get into a shouting match you have both lost so don't get into a shouting match that's lesson number one don't get into a shouting match it just doesn't resolve anything I've been in a few and uh, I can tell you nothing has ever been resolved. Likely wisdom has taught me not to get into a shouting match. And uh I think I've applied it so often now that sometimes I feel like I want to get into a shouting match and I can feel the part of me that wants to get into a shouting match. And uh I think about it and I think of a few scriptures and I realize that if I go down that path I'm and then I don't. Then so so now I've 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 done it a few times before, and I've realized sometimes I mean just going off on a tenant. Sometimes you'd be sharing the word with someone, and you know you become passionate. Sometimes it's not even about anger. And I mentioned I think in the previous episode that I do get passionate about certain topics, but you can feel when your passion now turns from passion into frustration, and that's a good cue to. Let me hold back. Let me listen. And sometimes it's always good, especially if you want to win a soul. Say, well, okay. I want to win I want to win this soul. So what I'm going to do now, we're going to pack that. Let's explore that conversation or let's explore this topic that we're talking about maybe through a different example. Why why do I why do I do that? It's because the intention is not to win the argument. It's about winning the other person, winning the collective viewpoint that is going to benefit both of us so it's a collective viewpoint let's both agree on a viewpoint rather than i'm going to force my viewpoint down in your throat and i'm going to push it i'm going to shove it down and you're going to take it come with me whether you like it or not and so think about that even in relationships as well don't go there but talking about slandering so you're demonized because you you must be the devil you must be on the other side how dare you do how dare you don't agree with what i said i just cannot believe this and there's something wrong with you you are this horrible person and sometimes it's emotion that that overwhelm a person to think like that and the women can be overcome by that, those emotions because sometimes they don't have the grandiose outlets that men have to to vent and take out this aggression that they've got so what do they do they don't take it out until this moment comes and then you demonized and you're in the papers and there's a facebook post about you and there's this and there's that you know so those are things that can happen and then we move on to the seventh one which is gaslighting so this is a creation of a vision of history of a new vision of history that makes you the evil person remember i did say that this is similar to projection but this is on a, an, another scale i mean this is re, they can recreate someone can recreate history we walked in everything was was okay and then he started shouting I said no i didn't i didn't just start shouting you threw your bag at the back of my head and i said what are you doing i mean if this is the type of relationship you want us you want us to have, you want you want us to have then I'm, I'm 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 not ready to settle for this oh no no but i didn't throw the bag i was putting the bag down and then st- no, but how can you put the bag down and it lands on my head? I mean, the bag is lower than where my head is. It's physically impossible for that to happen. So you look like the crazy person who just started shouting from nowhere. It's a new version of history. And the facts don't even support that. And you can, you, you can go down the same path, which is number, point number eight, or the eighth, eighth trait, is if you survive the first three, which is, the diversion, the shutdown, and the name calling, 
and pot- potentially the gaslighting, they double down. The rage increase. The anger increases. The outbursts increase. The emotional abuse increase. And coupled with the slandering, there's the blaming and the shaming. And coupled with gaslighting, there's playing the victim. So the woman is the victim in all of this. And that's one of the big things about covert narcissism is women play the victim. Remember I said the hypersensitivity defensiveness. The defensiveness, that's where the victimhood comes in. Something is being done to them. They're always in the right and someone just came along from nowhere. You, by the way, is the someone. You came along from nowhere and you did something to them. They were so innocent. They were sitting by the corner playing by themselves and now from nowhere came you the monster and you did this to them and that cycle they double down and it continues and sometimes it doesn't continue over one sitting the relationship goes into an estate of instability where there's a constant emotional abuse and that also leads remember that's what also happens to children because you go into that state all right so Remember, that also, also leads to what we see in, in toxicity in mothers as well. Because children don't have the same power often like they, the men to be able to say no, right? But let's conclude this quickly and then we're going to run through the, the one about children. So I just, I mean, those are the eight traits that we spoke about. Maybe I just want to talk about some which are not necessarily always co- always relevant. Well, they're not necessarily relevant um, to COVID narcissism. And I just want to run through, uh, I just want to run through them quickly. So let me, let me speak about, uh, so these are still signs of narcissistic personality disorder in females. We're saying not that they're not, they're not there in men, but I'm specifying something that is more common in females. Deep insecurity. Now, I know this affects a lot of people. Uh, anecdotally and empirically i know that a lot of people are affected by this um the insecurity l- tends to lead women to focus on outward appearance i know there's this whole thing that p- women say that i dress for myself and i do this for myself maybe it, it happens in a few of them but of most often than not it's not because they're dressing for themselves how they look physically and their social image is very important to them. They need to craft an image that is acceptable to society because they need to address the part of themselves that is insecure. So, I, part of it, uh, part of what we discussed in previous episodes, we, we also explained the excessive need for attention, right? So, deep insecurity is coupled with the excessive need for, for attention, right? You craft this image and you, you get points for it. I watched a documentary. I, I'm not sure if I spoke about this. You know, I speak a lot. Sometimes I forget if I spoke about it. But I watched the documentary, The Social Dilemma. And there was one young child there who was waiting for likes. And I, sp- I spoke about that with people close to me who know me personally. And I was speaking about that. Why I don't even want to get notifications of what happens on Instagram, what happens on LinkedIn, what happens on Twitter. Because I don't want to get in that trap of how many likes. The problem is once you get trapped into how many people like you, you also, you, you may possibly create the, uh, the, um, the opposite side of it is you're affected by how many people don't like it. And that's where other insecurities are built in, in children. They build in there. And I, I hope that after talking about narcissism in men, I can talk about how children are raised to become narcissistic. I think that's one one of the, the deep things because I care a lot about the next generation. Having two children of my own at the moment that I'm raising, I think about that often. It's a lot of responsibility uh, that we carry as parents, especially as Hebrew parents, that uh, we have to raise our children correctly. We can't, we can't afford to have our children go into the same mess as we did. We just can't. We just cannot afford that. And we don't have the luxury for that. Can you imagine the things that we go through and we let our children go through that? But I digress. Deep insecurity. So what you get, what you see, clothing, cars, all of that, they, 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 they use to validate that insecurity. 
And these also can include, big one, crafting a particular image of your child. Because you can want to use the image of your child in public to validate that you're a good parent and that you're doing well. All right. Competitiveness. So this is an another point. Uh, competitiveness and jealousy. Um, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, um, um, Galatians 5. <sighs> but I know, I always say, you cannot, you, you cannot resolve bad things by, by telling people about them. You cannot, you cannot speak evil out of someone. You have to show them the light and you have to show them. And when you're looking at Galatians 5 from verse 19 to 21, you also need to highlight. I mean, we talk about envying in there as well, but you also need to highlight how you need to overcome it. There's certain things that are lacking, which are in verse number 22 and verse number 23 that lead to this type of behavior, competitiveness and jealousy. So seeking to be the best when it comes to things like, let's say, wit and charm and uh, success and looks. So, uh, uh, and monopolizing conversation, women also fall into that one. You know, if in a, in a group of women, they may want to monopolize. They may want to be the best, want to the best places on, on social media post themselves at the best places on WhatsApp and wherever all the status is doing the best things and having the best time of their lives. Women tend to fall into that trap more than men. But believe me, men also have those insecurities. They can get competitive and they do get jealous. And when women are threatened, they will belittle the next person to neutralize that threat. That is why mostly the aggression from women, they more they tend to be more slanderers than men. Men have a physical aggression. Women have, they have a tendency to take down with their words. They can destroy with their words. And if we talk about destroying with words, I can think of a lot of examples. Um, I can think of a lot of examples about destroying uh, with words. But when I think of the book of First Timothy chapter 3, one of the things there that come to me, not slanderer, Wives of deacons, not slanderers. Wife of a leader must not be slanderers. They must be discreet. Why? You can destroy the whole church. You can destroy a whole church because of your mouth. Something that is disclosed to you as someone who is a good counselor and an advisor, you can destroy. You can destroy the work of the ministry because of your mouth. The lips are very powerful. They are very dangerous. You know, James speaks about it. So if you don't tame the tongue, a world of, a world of fire there that, that can come through. And the last part is overbearing. And that's where maybe I'll, I'll, I'll close it off by talking about mothers. When I talk about overbearing, this is, you can be overbearing on your children. Narcissists tend to be overbearing on the children where they exercise, ex, ex, exercise excessive control. They can always be finding fault with their children and blaming their children for a lot of things. So let's look at three examples. I think one I've already spoken about. One is toxic behavior in, in mothers is a continuous shame, chronic shaming of their children. Part of the reasons why mothers can do this, toxic mothers, they do this. And it's now understand that this is not only toxic mothers that can do it. But one of the reasons why toxic mothers do this is to ensure that the child doesn't develop their own sense of wealth or their own self-esteem. So they always rely on the mother for self-esteem. Now you the, the mother creates a deep insecurity in the child so that the child always relies, uh, relies on the mother. So that's a way of forming control. Over, it's an overbearing mother. That's toxic. It's toxicity. It's, it's toxic. Parents must stop doing that. If they, if parents have tendency to do that amongst us, we need to now address those things now before we raise another generation, which is 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 going to be affected by this. The next one is uh, unfair comparison or damaging comparisons with others. This can be sibling rivalry. You know, when one parent says, "Yeah, why can't you be like so and so?" Yes, there can be comparison when it comes to certain things, but. Now we're talking about things that are continuous and are damaging. I mean, I, when, when I was thinking about this, I, I, I thought of my, my two twin, uh, daughters. And the one before she sleeps, she cries. 
she cries. I mean, she doesn't cry, she screams. She, she will cause deafness if you put your ear next to her mouth when she screams. You, you come out deaf. She screams. And the other one, she sucks on her little fingers and then she falls asleep. And I thought to myself, and um, I'm not sure, maybe I even said it out and said, why can't she be like a little sister and just suck? But I, I realized, I mean, they're different personalities. Regardless of what a sister does, I still have a responsibility to the other one to teach her to be able to fall asleep on it by herself, to comfort her to sleep, regardless of what a sister does. So that's the mentality that I, I, I had to now bring to myself and say, it's my responsibility. I don't know why the other one is doing what she's doing. Maybe she could be screaming as well. But I'm thankful that she's not. But my responsibility is to ensure that the one who's screaming learns to fall asleep without screaming. Learn to show that... Uh, what, I don't know what she's feeling. It's uh, dissatisfaction with me or... I have no idea. Coming back to this, unfair comparisons. They can... They, these unfair comparisons are both dam are damaging to both children. Think about it this way. There's one child who will think that there's something above what they should think. They become the other narcissist. Overt. Grandiose. Their self-esteem is above the roof. They think they're untouchable. They're above everything because they've received praises. And sometimes they'll receive praise unfairly because the praise was to demean the other child. And the other child now goes through life with trauma because they were subjected to these unfair comparisons. You're being unfair on your children. You're raising your children unfairly. Both of them, you're doing both in the injustice. And the last one, uh, which we spoke about, is treating your child as an extension of yourself, as a mother. You, your child becomes an object. You, you, you know, parents don't necessarily have to teach, uh, treat their children right in their household but in public you know they they can dress them well and they can do a lot of things that's all for show i mean it's it the the children are basically objects it's the children like their handbags that's why they they treat them like trash at home because what do you do with your handbag you lock it away you put it in your closet or wherever you wherever people put their, their handbags and that's what children are. They nuisance when they're in the house. They're irritating when they're crying. They do this. But in public, they're important. Why? Because it's an image that's crafted. My child must wear this. And part of that, what children get is this conditional love. It's, it's, it's almost, I love you in public, but not at home. Or even at home, it's conditional love. I, I love you if you do this. I don't love you if you, it, it, it's, it's unfair to the child. Really, it is. I, I will sum it here for now. As I said, I'm not attacking women. I'm attacking narcissism. I'm attacking narcissistic traits that may exist in people who don't exhibit full in a full narcissistic personality disorder. We need to know about these things. We need to address these things. We need to talk about them. If you are shaming, you are a slanderer, you are projecting whatever the case may be. We need to deal with that. If you're a mother who's not treating your children right, you need to do that. So watch out for things like excessive need for control. You feel entitled over your child. You lack empathy for your child. You know, you, you exploit your child for whatever benefit. I mean, using a child. Sometimes this happens in divorced parents. Uh, where the parents are divorced and the children are exploited and they're used in, in those in tug of war. That infuriates me. Um, it, it infuriates me so much. It, it really does. The, the damage that women are doing to children, they, they, they're not even comprehending it. And, and that's the problem with narcissism and that's my issue. You, they don't care. They don't have the empathy to understand the damage that they're causing to children. They just don't get it. It's They don't care. They don't see it. They can do something wrong. They can know it's wrong. From They know it. They know it. Like knowledge-wise, they know it's wrong. But they just don't feel it. It, it doesn't click anywhere that it's wrong. It's, it's infuriating, honestly. So, yeah. Let me leave it there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to end there. Um, 
it's it's a little before it's a little after half past one um yes let's just say it's infuriating but overall no attacks no uh I don't I don't say no no shame or I don't say no no offense um offense comes not because of what I say I mean what I say is available out there um but I do say the intention is not to offend the intention is to correct uh the intention is to build um the intention is to educate and uh to have something let's do Let's do something productive for ourselves. Let's do something positive for ourselves. Uh, let's think positively. And that's the intention. Really, that's the intention. It's been my intention from the onset. Still my intention today. Even the stuff that I don't record. It's my intention. Ah, I didn't even use my um, my gadget this week. I forgot. I mean, I could have cheered when I said some of the stuff that I said. Uh, but in any case... That's lost in the moment. Uh, but let's laugh a little bit because now we talk about infuriating stuff. Uh, so yeah, let's. It's it's not it's not all doom and gloom. Um, let me be honest. It's not all doom and gloom. Um, when I have quite a lot of conversations, I realize there's a lot of us out there that really do want to build. Some of us don't have the skill sets, but we we're collecting them, and we're collecting them in different areas. And what we're doing is we're creating a a knowledge base among ourselves to be able to help one another. And and that gives me comfort. I must I must be honest. Um it gives me comfort to think that uh to see that we're all trying our level best where we can with the resources available to us, with the time that's available to us. Uh I appreciate even all the people that share my podcast and um we support we support this work that I do. I don't I I haven't uh, I'm not good at um promoting podcasts i mean uh, i forget to promote myself so if you're looking for me i'm available on instagram uh i think i'm also on facebook the chauffeur podcast page but i'm not actively managing that that post from instagram i'm also on twitter uh, my handles on instagram and on twitter it's hebrew underscore asha and um yeah so and you can visit my website i haven't had time to attend to it uh, but I hope to do a lot more writings there and uh, share other content. Uh, that's asha.co.za. But yeah, for the rest, um, I do appreciate all the feedback that I get. I do get uh, feedback from others who are listening to this podcast. It's hel- it helps me uh, because it helps me also focus on myself, firstly. And... These things that people say from their comments, and I, I, I say, I never, I never look at it like that. And the comments that I get, and I said, I never look at it like that. But I appreciate you telling it to me like that. Because the next time I have an online conversation with someone else, best believe that I am going to bring that up. You know, so I'm not the, the, the source of all knowledge. And I do appreciate all the feedback. I really, really do. And if you do have any more feedback, please do provide it to me. If you did feel that I excluded anything, if you did feel I was extreme in my views with this uh, podcast episode, and um, and you think I should tone down, uh, and you feel that maybe uh, there's a viewpoint that I, I excluded which should have been beneficial, please let me know. If If I have to, I will pause the next episode and I will include those viewpoints. Because as I said, my intention with this podcast is to give us content all of us including myself to give us content or tools that will help us and if you know something and if you've got something that you feel that i can also include that is going to help someone else please let me know and i will do that and uh that's my promise is i don't go i don't go by groupthink and i don't go and that's my promise my promise is this podcast is not mine um it's not it's not about uh, it's not about fame this podcast is for all of us it's about the hebrew community and the more podcasts we have that can help us build one another the merrier and if this podcast serves that purpose i and there's something that you think you see that i can do on this podcast to serve that purpose please let me know i am also thinking of content for season two 
Um, I will share that at this moment, my I'm researching maybe other things, but my focus for season two is going to be um, short format. And I will be sharing my thoughts on a few on a few topics, but it's going to be very quick topics, uh, 10 to 15 minutes, which I hope to record um, a few times a week. And they're going to be probably be unedited. It's one of those of the of the cuff uh, comments. But I do have things that I do want to speak about, which are scriptural, but they relate to what is happening in the world. I will stop it here. Uh, I am back. I'm still back. I'm glad to have recorded this episode. I was supposed to record it about two weeks ago, but it's here now. So I'm still back. Brothers and sisters, please do comment. Please do give me your feedback. I look forward to it. And I look forward to the next episode where we talk about building one another. We're not crushing one another down. We're not blaming one another, but we have to call out behaviors that will destroy our nation. And we have to promote the behaviors that will build us. It's been lovely. It's been great to have you here. From Hebrew Asher, I'm signing out. Shalom, shalom. <laughs>